sweet teachers and Pilates lovers, welcome to the Thinking Pilates podcast, where we're having rich and sometimes way out there conversations about the Pilates mindset, movement practice, and how it just might help us be better humans, and of course, this beautiful thing called teaching. I'm Chantel Lopez, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, James Crater and Deborah Colway. And today we are just going to skip over all of the rest and get down to business. We are in the final, final stretch of season two, and what we have for you in this episode and our absolute last episode is something really wonderful, a very sweet treat an opportunity to slow down and to look back, to reflect, and to look forward. In this episode, we're going to be talking to a couple of really wonderful teachers from across the country, as well as we'll be joined by Deborah Colway at the end. So hang in with us. You are in for a lovely hour of listening. Well, welcome everybody. This is Chantel and we are embarking, um, interestingly enough, in the same fashion as uh, the end of season one in a two-part teacher debrief. So you're going to hear from a couple of really wonderful teachers. Um, We're going to be talking about just kind of hashing out and debriefing from season two. And then we're going to roll right into a second part with a separate set of teachers so I'm super excited, and I'm here with Allison. Allison was on our teacher debrief last year. Welcome back, Allison. Thanks so much for having me again. It was so much fun last year, and I suspect yeah. I will swear again this year. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I hope you get that excited. And we're also here with Yael. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. I'm good. And so um, Yael is new to the debrief and I'm super excited to, just to hear your point of view and your perspective on some of the guests that we've had on. So thanks for being here. Um, before we dive in, I'm going to let uh, both of these lovely ladies introduce themselves a bit so you get a sense of maybe where they're coming from both in their kind of philosophical perspective but literally their geographical perspectives as well. Um, Allison, you want to you wanna start? Sure. Uh, so I'm Allison Crouch. Uh, I'm located in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. I have a bricks-and-mortar studio called Boomerang Pilates, um, and I also have a fairly busy online life. Um, my own personal stuff comes under the heading of Move Smart, um, and I have a website, allisoncrouch.com. You can find me there if you want to find out other stuff that's separate from just sort of what happens at the studio, which is sometimes me, but is also other teachers. Um, I'm a Pilates teacher. I'm a restorative exercise specialist certified by Katie Bowman and her alignment um, method. Uh, And I find those two things work really beautifully in conjunction with each other. And I'm also pretty much an out of the box kind of teacher. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not big on rules. I'm really big on each individual person needs to move the way they need to move. And um, I think my job as a teacher is to go on a bit of a journey with people to find what's going to work best for them. And I need to let my skills help them find that path. Right. And I'm trying to work Mm -hmm. myself out of a job every day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Great. Yeah. Yael, what about you? 
Um, my name is Yael. I have a brick-and-mortar studio in Denver, Colorado. Um, the name is Terrafly Pilates. Um, the website mm-hmm. is also Terrafly Pilates. Um, I am a certified Pilates instructor. I come from a modern dance background. Um, I have also, um, I am part of the Pure Body Teacher Training staff. So I have a teacher training program at the studio, um, and I get to hang out with a lot of really smart women who are also staff. Um, I am a lover of movement, um, a lover of nature, and a lover of people. Um, And so I try to combine that every day and what I do. Um, And I just like to help people move smart and move well and Mm. find joy in what they love to do, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. So. Oh my gosh, you guys are like the perfect fit for this. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a trio we have going on. Um, so here's where I thought we would start. Uh, the theme for season two was celebration. And uh, I'm sure you guys know that and, and has percolated on that a little bit which has been so sweet and so awesome and I think gave every episode just this really clear undertone of showing up to do the work in whatever way we do with joy and with a sense of um, like permission, right, to really love it and really enjoy it and, and see where that would take us in terms of our teaching and our skill and um, even our methodology. And so I thought it would be interesting to ask you both if you reflect back on the episodes from season two and just really quickly, let's see if I can remember all of them. We had Brooke Thomas. We had um, uh, Blossom Crawford. We had a teacher from um, the East Coast, Heather Crosby. We had John Sharkey. We had Pete Hamill, who was the um, embodied leadership uh, interview. Um, We uh, had Jenna Safino, which was a very sweet episode. We had, um, I think our last episode was Chandler Stevens. And I don't know if I'm Jessica. Jen. Jessica. Jessica Vallant. Yes, of yeah. course. I mean, how can I miss her? We just, Yael and I both just came off of Momentum Fest. Um, so if you're looking back over the episodes, like what jumps out at you? Like what are you celebrating in just being like, you know, having the opportunity to kind of meet these people and, and hear about them? Like what? What feels exciting about any of that? Um, I think one of the things I found really fascinating was the degree to which everybody in their own way brought um, a sense of like the honor of what we get to do. I loved that Brooke said something to the effect of, I get paid to love people. How awesome is that? Mm -hmm. And in one way or another, that seemed to be, kind of what everybody was was saying, that we're getting out of, or we're moving away from a context of these are the exercises and we're going to do the exercises mm-hmm. and then I'm going to check that box and we're done and then moving on. And it's right. become 
so much more interesting to co-create with our clients and Mm -hmm. to have permission internally and externally to teach whatever that particular person needs. So whether that's coming from a really, like Chandler's really natural movement, um, kind of more strength focused combining with, with, you know, like a real in your head, in your heart, in your gut approach, whether it's Brooke and the combination of the mindfulness and the meditation and the work she's doing with Bliss and Grit. There was just, in each episode, there seemed to be a moment and an element of this permission for co-creation. I, I think that's an awesome place for our work to be to be going. It's something that, like, we're working with people. Let's make the most of that. If I wanted to go and just do the same thing and the same tick these boxes off in a row, I would work with widgets. Like, the amazing uh-huh. thing about people is they're all different. And I love that. I love it. I think to add on to that, um, not only do we get to love on people, but we, we it's like this, this season kind of gave me at least the permission to listen more mm-hmm. to the person in front of me. So mm-hmm. yes, watch them. Yes, love them, love them. And listen to that. Like listen to the person in front of me and take the time to talk not just about like the exercises and, but talk about what it is they love mm-hmm. and, and really spend a lot of time listening to them. Yeah. 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 And that for I me mean, was pretty profound. Um, yeah. To be granted that, per- not granted that permission, but kind of that there's an excitement to, in doing that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, I think it it happens like this a little bit for all of us, like in, in in different forms perhaps, but that we do feel not only inspired to, but as if permission has been granted. It's like, oh, we've outed ourselves and we have now <laughs> explicitly created a hierarchy or a new priority, right? That, And I think that's, that was one of the things that I really was taken by, you know, is that, yeah, we're teaching movement and we're talking about the body, but as you said, Allison, you know, every single person that we interviewed really was so clear about why they were showing up for people and just being with people. Um, and I do think there's a, there is a bit of permission, you know, in that to go, oh, I have this sense, it's, I have this intuition, I teach from this place, but now I can talk about that this is what I'm, like, this is why I'm mm-hmm. teaching more explicitly. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's, that's a huge shift. And, and from my perspective, I think we're, I'm seeing it in a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Um, I wanted to read this uh, quote from Brooke Thomas. Uh, She said, um, tenderness may be the most powerful force in the universe. And Mm -hmm. that was, that was something that was like, I think when you go back and you listen or you're, you know, 
again, for me, like listening in the moment to these people talking, there are things that you just go, holy shit. Did she just say that? Like, that's Hmm. not what I was expecting. You know, that like literally makes your jaw drop open and you go, of course, like, of course that's true. But it's, it's kind of, I don't know if it's like, it's enough out of context that it's really surprising. And then the moment you get to settle into it, you go, oh yeah, 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 Uh uh-huh, obviously. That was one of those moments for me. It was similar to what Chandler said about empathy being where, I'm going to, this is not quoting him directly, but kind of paraphrasing that empathy holds more to him than intelligence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I, I was, it, it made my, it, it, I heard him say that and I was like, oh, oh, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for saying that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what, what else? Like beyond things that were kind of making your heart sing, what else from season two stands out for you, uh, either as surprising or empowering um, or maybe even just freaking funny because we had plenty of those moments. Um, I liked when uh, Jessica was talking about, I found this empowering as somebody who teaches, like trainees, uh, has a training Mm -hmm. program, um, when she said, you know, you have to teach them the rules. And then, uh, like, create a box for them, teach them that, and then give them the power to open the lid of the box. Mm-hmm. And for me, to empower other people with that, I was like, oh, this is very simple. Complex in practice, but so simple to tell somebody, like, you, you have to learn the rules. Well, let's get the rules down. And then, and then open your box and allow mm-hmm. that lid to open and experiment and try things on and become the teacher you are, not the teacher I am or not the teacher somebody else is. And I think that's such a beautiful way to approach learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I yeah. found that very empowering. Yeah. And I think that's interesting too, because really that's the path to mastery, right? Not that mastering something is an end goal, but there is a there is a true like a truth in what happens for us when we we learn something we're trained in a method as we are and then there is a moment whether we are you know able to acknowledge or recognize that moment because there are many of them hopefully where we we come discerning right and we begin to see like oh i'm not going to continue to make that choice because that doesn't feel good in my body or it doesn't resonate with what I really am trying to share or teach or facilitate for my students. And it's, it's like, it's like with meditation and Deborah and I have talked about this in the podcast from the very, very beginning. And I find that it's something that the three of us uh, come back around to all the time, which is just this sense of growth, right? Of being able to well, like in meditation, right? You pick a method, you show up, and you practice the thing, and you practice it, and you practice it, and then you get really bored, and you get like a little, a, a little to a lot irritated, 
right? And you're like, I'm freaking over it. I'm, I'm over it. I hate it. There's nothing here for me. It's so flat. I do it the same way every time, every time. But the truth is that if you can be present in that, right, in doing the thing and practicing the thing, that there is a moment where you break through to Mm -hmm. see a greater level of beauty and a greater level of complexity and refinement and a renewed joy. And it's like, I see that as the path for anything, right? Any skill, any vocation, any, you know, any endeavor, but, you know, particularly I think with Pilates, there is this interesting moment where we either do open the lid of the box or we don't know that we can or that we should, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a conundrum. I think it's something that in our profession, we're, uh, we are now beginning to be very cognizant of and, and making, you know, taking direct effort to say, no, this is, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. Do it this way. You know, here, here, we're training, training, training. Here are the rules. Here's the box, the context. And then there to really begin to go deeper and bring your whole self to the table, the lid does have to come off, right? You have to be discerning. You have to begin to question. And that's scary. Like it's scary both from a student perspective, but as you say, Yael, from a, the person who's teaching the teachers, right? It's empowering, but it's also like, oh, then there's this next phase, right? This next step of guiding somebody into their own unique perspective of the work, yeah. which not everybody is doing, but a lot, a lot, a lot, I think that's going on. I agree. And I like that, like, I feel like I'm surrounding myself more and more with people who are, are, are like-minded in that way of let's, let's see what happens when that lid comes off and let's mm-hmm. sit in that discomfort but embrace it and find the journey into, it, you know, that learning journey. The, the next part of the learning journey, I guess, would be a better way to say that. And I think there's, there's also an element of, of, um, of invitation. So inviting people to, to find, I think it was, uh, was it Peter who was talking about you have to know, you have to go to your weaknesses in order to know what they are and to experience the, that sense of what is your own light and your own dark. And yeah. Yeah. And so does that come in the context of someone who's dealing with chronic pain and they are, they're experiencing the lightness that comes from learning to move in a way that, doesn't generate pain and how that affects their life, but also, well, you know, here is, here is a discomfort. This is a physical discomfort, but also I think allowing ourselves as teachers to have relationship with clients that obviously never steps over a boundary into anything that's therapeutic. That's not within our scope of practice, but to have a vulnerability as a person doing movement and body work with another person, there can also be that sense of like when you come in 
you, the client, you come into the studio and, and there's a, there's a narrative, there's a story there. There's something going on in your life that is bringing you into a dark place. And then how does that inform what I do with you? Mm. I'm not going to just say, okay, well, let's hop up on the reformer. Or, okay. We're going to work on rolling and squatting today. Or how do we, how do, how, how do we move? How do we work together in a way that acknowledges that where you are in your light and your dark and your strengths and your weaknesses is part of what you bring into the studio. And mm-hmm. um, I've had this sort of interesting experience in that I was most, I've taught on my own most of the time. I've been teaching for, I don't know, close to 20 years now. And I spent most of it teaching in my basement. So I got to do whatever I wanted. <laughs> and it was sort of pre-internet and I didn't have a big Pilates community that I was being informed by and feeling like I had to match up to or that I was doing things right or wrong. I was just just working with people and following my instincts. And so I've always had that um, because like Yael said, I'm a, I love people. I'm a, I'm a people communicating kind of person. It's what I love to do. And I was kind of shocked when I started getting out into the internet world and realized there are lots of people who think we don't, that's not what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. We should be teaching people how to move this way, always this way, in this box, and that, and that, you know, you should just tell them to do that and do it more or do it better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's okay. So then I guess I'm not a Pilates teacher because <laughs> I don't do that. And it's mm. been really incredibly refreshing over the last couple of years, maybe like the last three or four years, to really start to find my own tribe mm-hmm. around the world of yeah. both teachers and movers who are endlessly curious and who are more uh, more interested in the why and the how and less maybe interested in the what, right? The choreography is a tool and an avenue and a path more than an end goal for me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I really found coming through, and not shockingly, I mean, that, there, that, was, that came up a lot in the last season. It comes up a lot any time any of the three of you start talking. But I, I thought that was a really lovely through line this, this season, and I can't quite put my finger on where I was hearing it, except that it just seemed to permeate every mm-hmm. conversation about uh, cooperation and coordination and embodying learning and knowledge, but also feeling and experience and narrative and trauma and how do we respond to those things and how do we bring our own scars. I thought it was one of the other interesting things was uh, you had... Um, Brooke was talking about her sort of early life experience and Heather Crosby talking about her early life experience in terms of health. And that really speaks to me. I came into Pilates from feeling pretty shitty in my body and, and rediscover having been very strong and super functional. My job depended on me being strong and functional. And I had this amazing teacher who, she was kind of teaching sort of classical Pilates, but sort of not really. And she was very funny and she was very clear on 
you bring your body to the mat, so you need to move in the way that your body needs, not anybody else's, mm-hmm. and re- regaining that sense of agency. And I think a lot of us find that passion for teaching comes from having had such a transformative experience ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that answered your question, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so great. I mean, it's just not even about that at all, right? It's about sparking a thread, and I think you're definitely onto something. It, for me, one of the pivotal moments, honestly, was the Pete Hamill interview. And mm-hmm. I think because he's not in the movement world, but he's in, you know, he's in the somatic world. He's in the, mm-hmm. like, the, the bridging place between the human experience, the human physical embodiment of the life experience you know, in a very specific way, obviously, in regards to leadership. But he talked a lot about, you know, personal narratives. And he talked a lot about, like, what what is the person really saying when they say, I can't? You know, it, mm-hmm. it, you know not necessarily they can't do a thing, but they are so deeply and implicitly connected to the emotional experience of the thing that they yeah. can't they can't feel the thing. And, you know, it's like that for me, not necessarily that specific thing, but it, it, that whole interview I feel like was such a pivotal moment because it really blatantly outed, right, all of us who are into this aspect of working with the whole person, not just mm-hmm. the body, but the whole yeah. person. And, and we're... You know, we're really listening. Um, and I think this came, you know, much later, but it reminds me of something. I can't remember, actually, if it, if it came from one of the podcasts. But, you know, James and I have been talking a lot about the difference between listening to and listening for. And mm-hmm. that, that could have come from a conversation with Wendy LeBlanc Arbuckle later on. But I think it just resonates right, with what you're talking about, Allison, is a different, just a different priority. And Mm -hmm. I think Pete Hamill just really nailed it, like opened, opened that door for like, yes, clearly this is a part of what it means to be teaching, right, and interacting. And I always thought it was interesting, and I think I may have said this in that interview, that to me, teaching and leadership are so similar, Right. If you talk about like the leadership that he's really cultivating, embodied leadership, where you're not just dictating right what somebody else is doing, but you are in relationship with the person to lead them out of themselves. And I feel like, well, what? That's exactly that. Yes, that's. <laughs> I think that's uh-huh. what I, I think that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so it it just. Yeah, it was a, it was a really pivotal moment for me hearing him talk and I think too refreshing because he's outside of, you know, our direct community. He also talked about are you or maybe it was James who said it in that podcast, are you working with the body? Are you working on the body or are you working through the body? I yes, love that was Pete. That that was yeah, awesome. That was Pete. Yeah. Like, yes, I want make. to walk through. I want to work through. I want to work with yes. and through. I'm really not interested in on. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I mean, right. it happens and as it, a sideline, but mm-hmm. but it's not the yeah. goal. Yeah, and it's okay if it is the goal, right? I mean, oh, I for sure. Teaching, I was teaching some teachers uh, just before getting on the phone with you, ladies, and um, I said. You know, like if you're constantly just telling a student what to do, like you're essentially just a dictator, like, which is fine. Like if that's interesting to you, you know, have at it. That's going to get a body so far. Like that will definitely do something for them and most likely something positive. But there's so much more. You know, there's just so much more um, to be to be had. Um, yeah. It's- and there are some clients who want that yeah yeah for sure yeah right that's for one of the sure. things jessica was talking about is you know the there's a client for everybody there's a teacher for everybody there are clients who they i you know they'll do three sessions with me and they're done i never see them again they just want somebody to tell them what to do in this order so they can get sweaty and leave and because well, for them get a like great check- workout because that checks their boxes and yeah. it's what they want. Yeah. And I, I, with all the best grace and will in the world, I hope they go and find a fantastic teacher who will do that for them. It's yeah. not me, but there are great teachers out there who are really skilled at doing that kind of teaching. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something for the student, you know, I, I don't want to get us too far off track, but I do think there's something in the student, you know, like when they feel like they've met, uh, like their need has been met, right? There is, Mm -hmm. there is a blossoming for them. It's like, that just happens to be their doorway. You know, it's, it's interesting. I try to keep myself in check around this a bit because you know, and not feeling too highfalutin and philosophical or, you know, up on a soapbox mm-hmm. about, you know, that facilitating and exploring and working through the body and, like, that's the only and best option. Like, for some people, it's really just not. You know, like, who am I to say, like, that that it's going to be the thing that leads them out of themselves? You know, or if they even want that. Yeah. It's everybody's, there is an internal wisdom to everybody and everybody, well, maybe not everybody, (laughs) most most people, most people, um, will come to what they need in the time that they need it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. there are lots of ways to teach and there are lots of ways to learn. And, you know, I might be presenting my way of teaching and it's right for me. But if it's not right for the client, then it's not right for the client. Yeah. It just isn't. Yeah. It's not the right time or it's not right. It's not the right click or it's whatever. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's important to, um, to respect all the different ways of approaching teaching. And that's something else that I think is becoming in many, but not all places, but in a lot of places I'm seeing more openness for, you know, this kind of teaching is great and this kind of teaching is interesting and this kind of teaching is cool. And this is maybe not for me, but I have this, you know, it would be totally great for my cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, and I think mm-hmm. that is, I think it is important to be a little bit humble about, you know, we know all this cool stuff, but you yeah, know, it's not, I feel it's like not, it's not everything. I don't know everything. 
and all the ways I do things are not the only ways. Mm-hmm. But when I, I feel like this, like there was another thread through of curiosity, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and mm-hmm. allowing people, you know, helping guide curiosity, but also having your own curiosity. Um, and I thought that was that was another thread that ran through. Yeah. That was yeah. Um, that was Deborah's thing she was celebrating for the year was sort of her yeah being able to to honor and explore other people's growth and learning and development and be mm-hmm. as excited about that as she was of her own. I thought it was actually really cool in the first episode when you guys were talking about your personal celebrations and they were all quite different mm-hmm. and yet they all merged really nicely. And I found yeah. myself wondering if you discussed them in advance, or was that just <laughs> no. totally serendipitous? Yeah, no. Uh-uh. We we don't do a lot of pre pre recording uh, prep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we, you know, it's focused it's, and it's really uh, spontaneous and authentic. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's. I mean, besides like doing some research, obviously, on the person to to be well informed about their work, but in terms of what each of us is um, kind of called to speak to. I mean, we do formulate some questions. So there, there's, a, there's a coming together often of like um, a, a theme or a thread. But no, we didn't talk about that um, at all. But I do think it's one of the reasons why we work so well, you know, the three of us. And, and also, I was just thinking like just in the reflection of, who we chose to bring in for season two. Like we have a long, long list of ideal um, guests. And, you know, once we started to like, okay, let's pick somebody who we want to really kick off the season. And, and that was Brooke Thomas. And when she said, yes, it, it, it like it <laughs> rooted us on a path. And, and then after you hear that conversation, you go, uh, you know, and we had already had a couple of people booked, um, but then you get a sense of like, oh, this person, it has to be on this season. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, this person it will works. go with the, the theme. Yeah, it either go, it complements or it expands upon or it actually like, there were moments where it was like, this person's going to give the entire opposite view of the same thing and how beautiful mm-hmm. that is, right? To see, to really see that through line to the other side, right? Not just yeah. a bunch of people who are all like affirming what each other say, because that's boring. Like that's just mm-hmm. not that interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a very organic and very fun process. I was thinking about Heather Crosby and that episode and listening to her story and just, you know, I remember just, she was such a hoot, like listening to her tell her story and then, you know, and then talking to Blossom and and talking to, um, you know, Jessica and, um, and also to Jenna, like to, to hear, because we had so many non-teachers on, which I really loved. And then Mm -hmm. hearing from the teacher perspective, I thought was really nice. Like you, like if we, if we go back to talking, like even John Sharkey, you know, we talk about, you know, the kind of the tissue as a continuum, um, you know, as one very cool thing um, that we talked about with him or, you know, Pete Hamill. And then we go back. So we talk about these kind of 
big overarching ideas. And then you go back and you listen to the episodes of like the real people, right? The, the people doing our work, the teaching work yeah. in, in this field. And you, and you see it, right? Like you see like, oh, this is how it's manifested. And it's yeah. so different for each of them. That to me is also incredibly inspiring. And it, it's nice to kind of see and be able to talk from both of those places of, of personal experience and as a teacher, but also from outside of the teacher box and yeah. see these ideas like in the world, like in the larger world. I think it's really important for us as teachers to do that, right? To step out of our professional box and to see these ideas and concepts manifest in, in the real world in a, in a different way than what we're confronted I, with. Kind of. I really appreciated that balance mm. and that harmony. That was really, mm-hmm. yeah, very uplifting for me. Yeah. So good. So One of the good. other things I really liked, actually, was your your kickoff to the season, Chantel, about mm. finding some stillness and some yeah. quiet. Yeah. And you referred to it a couple of times through the season about, like, I'm a little tired. Yeah. And... And I heard that reflected in a bunch of the conversations of people saying, you know, be done with this project and move on or move and change how you do things and Mm -hmm. don't overload yourself. Jessica at one point said, you know, like when she was talking to Anula about, and Anula was like, I love social media. And Jessica said, oh, thank goodness, because... Otherwise, how are you doing it? And I think, yeah, right, um, totally. And I, I, I think there's, there's, um, I think there's a lot of self-talk amongst teachers that we need to be doing all of the things. We mm-hmm. need to be excellent teachers because that is what our clients are paying us for. We need to be excellent researchers because we need to be bringing current and contemporary understanding of bigger issues to the mat. We need mm-hmm. to be excellent social media people <laughs> conveying our message and ourselves. We need to be excellent marketers. We need to probably be accountants. We need right. to manage buildings and staff. We need to uh, be able to manage group classes that have athletes and a person with a replaced tip because somehow that happened even though it wasn't yeah. supposed to and everybody <laughs> should not know that that's a problem. Right. And, 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 oh, and I should probably have a meditation practice and a personal movement practice, and I have a partner and children. And I was going to say, oh, and, and don't forget, you, yeah, and your partner like, and your kids. Holy shit. <laughs> and so I think we get really tired, but then I think we feel like we're not supposed to be tired because we're supposed yeah, to course. be doing all those things because we're movement mm-hmm. people, and that should make us superhuman, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that was a real gift that you showed, sort of shared that vulnerability to say, mm-hmm. but... I want to do all of the things well, and to do all of the things well, I need to allow myself to be tired and to just lie down and be yeah. present with myself. And I've been, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm hearing that stuff really clearly these days because I'm in a mm. similar kind of, similar kind of, of space. Of mm. there's a lot of really cool stuff that's really exploding in fun, fun ways, and I love my private clients, but 
oh man, I am having eight days off in a row this week and mm. it's glorious. And my husband said, yeah. oh, time you had eight days off in a row that didn't involve a course or traveling to somewhere or a big complicated family holiday. And uh, like, I honestly don't remember. Right. It might have been last year. It might not have been. Yeah. And so yeah. Hmm, would I ever suggest that to my clients? I would not. <laughs> the teachers that I mentor, I do not. I suggest yeah. that they need to have balance in their lives. But I think you really, I think you really nailed something in terms of a bit of a zeitgeist right now of, oh, the tsunami of the of this social media stuff and transitioning into online teaching. I think mm-hmm. we're now starting to find like, oh, can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Can't have bricks and mortar and online fully intensely, both of them at the same time, and not end up just wanting to lie on the ground and look at the sky. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so thank you for mm-hmm. that. That was that was Aww. really that was really lovely. It was well said thank and you. it was a lovely thread through the through the season. Mm-hmm. Allison, thank you for reiterating it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, been yeah, go ahead, Yale. Um, just, you know, hearing that, like, somebody else across the country from me has that same, you know, all of the, two, everything else, and they yeah. just listed off, and like, oh, my gosh, you know, and, and just knowing that, you know, I'm not alone. No. And that you are not okay. alone. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. also like, just speaking with the three of us, it's okay to to say, I, I need to I need to lay on the ground for a minute. Um, yeah, and I heard when you said it on the first one, and uh, and I I needed to hear it again today. So, <laughs> <thank you. laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so it's so good. It's so good. And I'll tell you what I have I have done so much of lying on the ground staring at the sky in the last seven months, like so much, and it's been very interesting. Um, it's been very good and it, you know, like surprising and, and inspiring and also rejuvenating. And then sometimes just like not getting it done, which is interesting. You know, it's like, you think Mm -hmm. you're going to give yourself this gift of just being still. And sometimes, you know, your body is still, but your, your mind is not still like, you know, that, that chest. Yes. Uh, but it's been, I made it. I made a commitment to myself that I would spend at least ten minutes every day. Ten minutes is not a long time in a whole entire day. That I would mm-hmm. do a psoas release, or I would do a legs up the wall, or I would do just and just be be still, but also be still in a way that I thought was going to benefit both my tissues and my and my nervous system. Mm-hmm. And it is it's interesting the days when it's just it's blissful. And I'm just hanging, and it's all good. And the days mm-hmm. where I can just feel my brain going, yeah, it's got to. It's surely it's ten minutes. It's done. I am not going to get out and I'm waiting for the timer to go ping. It's really it's not ten minutes yet. I have things to do. Ten minutes. Just, just settle down. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's a real knowing we're not alone with that. Yeah. Um, hey, is, is until, this Oh my God. Hi. I, um, I got stung by a wasp. <laughs> oh, darn. Oh, no. 
I'm so sorry. I'm here. I know you guys are finishing up, but I, um, I just had a like, huge reaction to it. I'm not like anaphylactic Shoot. or anything, but just, oh my goodness. So anyway, I got stung by wasp, and um, you know, so I'm just sitting here with ice on my leg, and I just got home, oh, and I thought I would just pop in. Anyway, I don't know well, where you guys are, but We're... I wanted to say hello. Yeah, we'll say hello to Allison and Yael, and we are really just, like, moments away from wrapping things up. Okay, is it, um, hi, Allison and Yael, is this the Yael that I know? It is. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that Which was the I best sound I've heard all day. <laughs> For oh. me, this is, like, one of the coolest things in the world, because she was one of my, you were one of my first very first teachers and impacted my life so greatly so that when I was getting ready to get on the phone call, I was like, this is, this is deeply special for me. And then I didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) But you did. So I got to tell you this and that's that for me. But I'm sorry you got stung by a wasp. (laughs) I know. Oh my my God. It's so nice. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. All right. Is James there? No, James is not on. Oh, wow. So it's Yael, Allison, you and me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hi, yeah, Allison. So we were... <laughs> Hi, Deborah. I'm so sorry about stung by a wasp. That's awful. It's such I a, know. It's such so a... weird. I will live. Um, Thank that's you. important. Um, well, you guys, like, okay, we can wrap it up, but who wants to tell me in like two minutes, what have you guys been talking about? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, we've been talking about, about how much we love the whole season. Yeah, oh, so good. It was a good That's basically season. what we said. Yeah, it was a really good season. It was. Yeah. It was good yeah. season. We were taught. We've talked about celebration. We've talked about like this continuity of uh, kind of permission to really teach from you know uh, from your heart and to like to the person in front of you. And yeah. we've talked about curiosity, and we we. We talked about that thread of discernment a little bit and, um, my gosh, so many really sweet things. And then we were just talking about stillness, um, Uh and kind of bringing things back around to the beginning. Um, yeah, I I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Well, I'm not cutting any of this out, by the way. This is all going in. So (laughs) it's just too, it's just too fun and too real. Um, I think, I think what might be interesting as kind of a way to close us is where, like, where do we go from here? Like what, What's on your mind? Like, what's interesting? What would you like us to, what would you like to see us um, talk about? Or, like, because we, you know, I mean, very selfishly, the podcast, it's like the podcast is because I want to have this conversation. <laughs> so, so it's definitely about me <laughs> and James and Deborah. But it's very. It started out being about me, but then it got less. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's about you too, and and you know I think it's important to us that we're continuing to really listen for what's important Mm -hmm. to the people in our community. Yeah. Okay, you two go for it. I love hearing about what 
brought people into the movement world and how they have changed because of it. Mm. I love hearing about how people's approach to teaching and approach to movement is being affected by the bigger picture stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really interesting to, to just get to be sort of a fly on the wall as people start to unpack their thought processes. Mm-hmm. Like really, I, I'm, I so love talking about and hearing about teaching that really you could talk about anything. And I would just be like, that's awesome. <laughs> Very good. Well, you're easy. <laughs> yeah. Not probably all that helpful. Yeah. No, it's good. Well, actually. Good. It makes me think good. of a couple of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, she kind of took everything I was going to say. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> Um, I I also, I really enjoyed and would love, you know, to continue hearing people who are, you know, inundated within the Pilates practice and the Pilates world, but also the, the balance of those who are not, um, mm-hmm. but their their connection to movement and and what what they bring. What, you know, for me on a personal level, what their knowledge and information and personal stories brings to me, um, and I, I, I really love having both of those in yeah. harmony with each other. How many people in the Pilates world are still identifying themselves? Hmm. Huh. I don't know that you can build a whole podcast around that, but you take a poll. Yeah, <laughs> like I, that's such an interesting question. <laughs> I there's so rarely... many people out there describe myself as a Pilates teacher anymore because in any given session, in any YouTube video, in any whatever, a lot of what I teach does not look like Pilates. It doesn't come out of the classical curriculum. But I think it's still following a lot of the precepts that Joseph Pilates was talking about way back in the beginning. Mm -hmm. He ascribed a certain number of movements to his method, but his method speaks to a much more, um, uh, like a felt sense of like return to life. You can return to life in a whole bunch of different ways. And squats are not actually part of the Pilates curriculum, but man, they're awesome for your butt. And that's going to return you to your healthy pelvic floor life. And I'm just, I'm really interested by how, how is our community shifting and evolving and changing. And Deborah, I think we talked about this last year on the final call about like being, bringing in different movements and how, how do, how do we identify that? And I'm still, I'm still that, that conversation is still fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Who, who are we? What are we doing? What do we call ourselves? How does that mm-hmm. inform our discussions amongst ourselves as teachers? How does that inform our discussions with our existing clients? How does that inform our marketing, both of Pilates as a method and our own individual teaching? Well, see, I think that's the rub. Because I don't think any any of us have um, issue with each other with regard to wanting to help people uh, with their movement patterning. I think we all agree that the 
population is growing older mm-hmm. and changing. Mm-hmm. And I also think that people's bodies are different mm-hmm. than they were, mm-hmm. say, yes. for example, when I started teaching. For sure. For you sure. Know? And so the needs are different. Um, so I think what is the interesting thing, one of the interesting things, is really how to market with integrity and um and and communicate with the public in a way that um helps them come to the people that will you know that will help them the most. I know, I know, it's an ongoing question, isn't it? So I think it's so important yeah. that we keep having and it. Yeah. And that we yeah. and that we and that we have it from a space of really trying to help each other um mm-hmm keep going and do what makes us happy and what helps us get to bed every morning and be with people as yeah. opposed to having the conversation from a place of judgment know, or exclusion or yeah. clarification or clarification of what is. One of the things that jumps out to me from what where we kind of started this point was stories. You know, I mean, you guys are both explicit about, like, hearing people's stories and how they came to, you know, movement and how it changed their lives. It made me think of John Sharkey and his mm-hmm. story about, like, you know, massage therapy in the 70s and, you know, all of that kind of wacky stuff that was going on and his his entry point into the body. But I think there's something powerful, right, and very deeply informative about people telling stories. And I... I think not only from the perspective that uh, you were talking about, Allison, uh, but also what you guys are talking about now, right? Because whether, like, what we call ourselves or what we do is in some way attached to a story about Mm -hmm. how we learned or how we came to the work or Mm -hmm. a story about what makes it valid or valuable. And I just think hearing, inviting people to tell their stories is such a sweet, very human way of sharing and understanding, if you're willing to really listen, to to what the answers are, right, to all of these questions. Um, so it inspires me to consider the idea of story for yeah. season three. You know, we what haven't talked think about... about- yeah, like, what do you think about, I always think about StoryCorps, NPR StoryCorps, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I always think about how what their mission is, is kind of like to go out in the world and find the people that otherwise wouldn't be heard, you know, and um, who have amazing stories. And so, uh, you know, I just had this thought about what if some part of season three was not the pros, you know, but it was the client's. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think no matter what, we're in store for a very, very, very juicy season three. I mean, I think how can it be any other way? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, ladies, for spending time with me and with Deborah and with each other and sharing and chatting and putting yourselves out there and having an opportunity to really reflect and feels a little bit like shavasana at the end of a yoga class. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. So, yeah. and I think that's going to be a wrap for us. So thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chantel. So grateful for you. As always, we hope you enjoyed spending some time with us and that you'll stick around to listen to the second part of the debrief, which is totally different but equally as awesome. And that's it for now. We're going to keep things short and sweet. You know the drill. You can get all the information about the podcast at thinkingpilates.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify if you love us. And keep listening. Until next time, breathe deep and teach well. <laughs>